0: And so, I always enjoyed on Mother's Day getting to appreciate uh, my mom and uh, my wife and my mother-in-law. I know I can see my mother-in-law's here. There's my wife in here this morning. She probably is doing nursery. Where is she? Where is she? Oh, there she is, right. She's sitting by herself right here. Man, why are you sitting by yourself, honey? It's like, it's sad. Man, here, come sit by me. Can we get a... Can we get a I want to honor her throughout the service today. Well, this is my wife, Lee, and if you'd stand, honey, I want to recognize you. And thank you, mother of our kids. And I can't not recognize my mother-in-law because I wouldn't have my wife if I did not have my mother-in-law, Marge, who I love dearly. This is my mother-in-law, Marge, and if you'd stand, just thank you, Marge, for giving birth to not only my wife, but... To a bunch of wonderful children, and uh, I enjoy uh, this family so much, and they are very loving, very kind. Um, this morning, you know, again, if you're a mom, um, I know it, it's Mother's Day can be a really difficult day. I know through the years, you know, I've received whether it was letters in the mail, or then when we went electronic, whether it was an email. Mother's Day can be a really tough day um, for many people. One. If you've recently lost your mother, uh, she's passed away. I mean, Mother's Day is hard because, you know, especially in the Christian world, because of the fact that, you know, Christmas is the biggest celebration of, of the Christian year. Easter, right there, you know, with Christmas. And then the third day has always been Mother's Day. And, and there's so many reasons why when we think about love and care, the same love and care that we see exemplified in Christ, we see that so much uh, in our moms. And so Mother's Day, you know, for for us, when you lose a parent, can be a really difficult day. Then on the other side of that coin, there's many who didn't have a good relationship with their mother. And so Mother's Day doesn't conjure up uh, the, the sweet memories, you know, that you hear some people talk about. And it brings up some difficult memories, things that are hard. Or maybe you're here today and and you're a woman who has wanted children, but you have not been able to conceive. And Mother's Day is just that thing that the enemy uses to kind of put a knife in your back and turn it. And and we recognize that. And then there's so many other, you know, variety of of things that have gone on. You've gone through divorce and uh, you now, your children divide time between homes. And uh, there's just so many struggles that can happen with Mother's Day. And so I, I think, you know, one of the best things we're able to do on a day like Mother's Day, and, and we need to do this, is we need to recognize, and we never want to shy away from it. There's always going to be the person who complains. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, it could be anything that we do. If we could put the bounce houses out there and somebody didn't like the color of the bounce house, or, you know, they wanted three dry ones instead of two wet ones, you know, and you go, it, it's just part of life. But you can't deter you from, from doing what the Bible calls us to do, is to love one another and to honor one another, and especially for children to have an opportunity, and for husbands as well. Um, if you turn with me in your Bible really quick, I want to read a passage to you, and then we'll pray here this morning. Proverbs chapter 31, most of us are familiar with it. Again, this was not written by a man. This was written by a woman uh, for her son. And uh, it's really in verses 25 through 31, because it really sets the precedents for you know in a, in a sense maybe to answer some of the critics this morning that would wonder why you know dedicate a service uh, specifically to moms when we have you know men and we have fathers and like i said we have uh, women who aren't married we have women who uh, are unable to give birth we have adoptive parents you know that are here today there, there's so many different you know people that are represented why would we pick just one group and we're really not uh, as this will unfold you 'll see that really the the heart of a, a, a tender, loving, caring, nurturing mom is really nothing more than the heart of our God and and we want to look at that today and so our real joy and real honor is being able to praise God uh, for the manifestation of himself that we get to see through our mothers and, and I hope that it, it helps you to look at it that way so that it 's not a holiday that we turn away from or think that we shouldn 't celebrate it, but really we should in proverbs thirty one 25 through 31, it says, Strength and honor are her clothing. It's talking about a virtuous wife. It says, She shall rejoice in time to come. If there's anybody that knows that, that's a parent, a mom. You're holding that little baby and wondering when 18 is going to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up. And here's the key here this morning for me it says, Her children rise up. And call her blessed, her husband also. And he praises her. You know, it is an opportunity to praise a virtuous wife and a mother today. It says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And again, this turns it back to God. Not just in being a mom, but being a godly mom. A, a mom who is desirous to seek God in all that she would do. And it says then, and it's why we mark a day like today. It says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And I wanted to just take a moment and pray for moms today. Father, we thank you so much for Mother's Day and we thank you for it being a holiday that we can stop and and recognize and remember and celebrate and uh, Lord, all the uh, past accomplishments, all the hopes and dreams of the future that we would have for our moms. For those of us whose moms have, have, have died and gone to heaven uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would bring comfort, Lord, to those that are hurting today. Uh, there, there's always going to be a gap that no other person could fill on this planet. that That's the beauty of life, that we people just can't replace other people. There's just certain people that... Uh, Lord, when they impact our life, they, they leave an indelible mark. There's, there's something that's so unique, so different, and, and that's the role of a mom, to give us life, to bring us into this world. And so even if there's those amongst us today that have had hurt and heartache f- from their mom, they still owe their existence to that woman. And we thank moms for giving birth, as Jason was sharing, uh, Lord, today, just how many millions and millions of abortions that have taken place in this country. And yet we're alive today. And we owe that to a mom who made a choice to let us live. And so if we couldn't go any further than that, that would be good enough because Lord, it gave us the opportunity to come to know you, to know the God of heaven and to know the comfort that you provide. And so I pray today over this service, I pray that you'd bless every mom here, that you'd bless truly every woman who's here. This isn't just about Uh, motherhood. It's about womanhood. It's about the characteristics of God that we see specifically through female today. And so, Lord, we celebrate that. And we thank you for the women of our church. Lord, we couldn't do the things that we do without them. They serve in so many different capacities. They lead so much. Lord, they nurture, they care. Uh, Lord, they provide. Lord, they make it possible for us to be the family of God. And so, Lord, we celebrate the women of our church today, moms in particular, Lord, and we pray that each and every one of them would be blessed today as we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. We ask these things and we all agreed saying amen. 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 I wanted to see where I wanted to start this this morning. You know, one of the the things like I shared is that, you know, we talk about the the motherly characteristics of God, Um, you know, we don't often talk about those things. You know, we see in scripture, you know, even as Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, and we see the masculinity of God, you know, that Jesus not only was born as a baby into this world, but we see his strength as a man. We see at the, the second coming, you know, he'll be on a horse and he'll be carrying a sword and he's going to, you know, avenge himself against all of his enemies. You know, we see strength. Uh, we don't really talk about, you know, tenderness and, and and softness, as it were, and the things that make up a uh, woman. So it's good on days like this to uh, really go back and kind of look at the attributes of God that we associate with women, but that are actually characteristic characteristics of God himself. The, the first one that comes to mind, if you're a note taker this morning, is in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Remember, it's where Jesus wept. It's the, it's the shortest verse in all the Bible, right? Jesus wept. And, and when he's weeping, not only at the tomb of Lazarus, and again, it's associated with relationship, it says this. It says he's, he's weeping over Jerusalem. You remember, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He's been rejected by his own. And it says, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. And the thing that's interesting to me, you know, Jesus uses this metaphor, you know, of a mother hen to express a relationship that he longs to have with his children. I mean, you think it's, it's such a touching moment, you know, that this is the, and you think about Jesus, he does never grasp for words, right? He says, I only say the things that I hear my father speaking. So he's not like, you know, I wonder what I could come up with to help him. This is calculated. He, he's, he's, he's sharing his heart with us, this analogy here about a mother's care. And so, again, it, it's a good time on Mother's Day to talk about the feminine qualities of God because he has many of them that can help us both see God in a different light. Because, you know, I get, we could do the exact same thing with the kids and we go, how do you see God? What's your vision of God? And usually for small children, their vision of God is how they see their parents. He's either mean and he's, you know, walks around with a club, you know, and he's about ready to, you know, put some whoop on them. You know, or he's loving and he's kind and he's, you know, tender with them. And again, a lot of that has to do with how you're brought up within your home. And do you have that, that balance between father and mother? And obviously you can look at the world today and many of the problems that we're facing in single parent homes where there's an imbalance. And so, you know, children have a difficulty relating to God. They see the Bible as a fairy tale. I mean, one man and one woman, you know, living together, you know, raising their children, you know, that's, it doesn't, it doesn't relate to too many people. And so it's why it's important that we understand this is really a reflection of God and not of ourselves. Deuteronomy 32:11 says this, as God cares for his people, like an eagle hovering over her young. Can you envision that in your own heart and mind? Yeah, I, I love the imagery of Scripture. Psalm 22, 9 and 10 says, God is concerned for his people like a midwife cares for the child that she's delivered. Now, you see that beauty even in a hospital, you know, when a child is born into the world and that nurse will take that child. and You you'd think that they're holding their own baby, this excitement and the joy. You know, Lee and I, you know, we were really fortunate to have uh, the same woman actually at the birthing center delivered all three of our children. She just happened to be working that day, you know, in, in every one of our, our children's lives. And it was a wonderful thing because Lee felt very comfortable with her. And she was very engaging, very caring, very loving. And and it's just, again, you see this nurturing. And it's what God wants us to see about himself. I don't know what you're, even as adults, is the picture that you have in your heart's mind with regard to God today. Do you see him as tender? Do you see him as nurturing? Do you see him as caring, as loving, as kind? It's important that you do. Isaiah 49, 15, it says, God will never forget his children like a mother will never forget their nursing child. Interesting. God will never forget his children like a mother will never forget their nursing child. Isaiah 66:13 13 says, God comforts his people like a nursing mother. You ever seen those beautiful pictures of a mom that's nursing her baby and just that, that tenderness and that love that's shared, you know, between mother and child. And God says, that's the kind of love that I have for my people. That's the kind of love that he has for us, a tender kind of love. Hosea 13.8 says, God experiences the anger of a mother bear who's been robbed of her cubs. You ever seen that on TV? What's that expression, you know, come between a mother bear and her cubs and see what you get? Have you ever seen just, you know, and you got to remember, my mom was, you know, five foot soaking wet, you know, and I mean, like a 100, and you know, in her heyday, you know, probably 110, 20 pounds. And I'm telling you what, I mean, if, if she thought for a second that you were messing with any one of her kids, man, she'd come unhinged. I mean, you know, they say dynamite comes in small packages, right? I believe that as a very young child watching, you know, my mom at work at times, you know, when things would happen in the life of our family. I told you at times where my dad would kind of stand back and, you know, observe things, man, my mom was right in it. it kind of remind me of a true story uh, that I read yesterday. I was, I was reading stories about moms and Mother's Day and about the hearts of moms. And I uh, was talking about a woman that uh, she had just learned CPR. And she'd come from the class and she was with her daughter and they went to a mall. And uh, they saw an incident start to take place, and they saw a man that went down to the ground. And immediately, and you just think of a mother's heart, this mother, she began to run. She didn't even know what was going on, but she just made a beeline towards, you know, this pile of people, and she's moving her way through. Let me through, let me through. she's, I I know CPR, I I know CPR. She goes through, and she jumps down on the man, and there's a guy there, and he's pulling her off. And he said, she said, ma'am, he said, we're not trying to give him CPR, we're trying to arrest him. (laughs) (laughs) You know? <laughs> and, and it's a true story. And it, <laughs> You go, but there's that mother instinct that just kicks in that, you know, you just, you can't, you can't stop yourself, you know, and it, it's really, it's a beautiful thing. And it, it happens all the time. It can be at sporting events. It can be at school functions. I mean, it's, it's really gross. And I remember that, you know, ha- I'm sorry I'm having to share this with you, but, you know, just came to me. It's one of those, you know. <laughs> not one I gave a lot of thought to. Okay, let's just put it that way. But I remember being at a school play and and we were in line at Colonel Nichols School. I don't remember what grade it in. I know it was under the fourth grade. And it was, we were going to be singing and they lined us all up, you know, and they're praying into the cafeteria and your parents are all there. And I had something on my face. And my teacher, I remember, I had to be the third grade because it was Mrs. Pedker. And Mrs. Pedker, she looked at me and she said, "Michael." And, and I turned, and she licked her finger and she wiped my face with her thumb. And I had something on. And I remember, you know, thinking, "You're not my mom. <laughs> You're, you know, that is so gross. Somebody spits on their finger and wipes your face. What man would do that to someone else?" She goes, "No, that's something only a, the, a mother kind of love, you know, would do." And that's this. This again, thinking about the the tenderness of God, the heart of God, the, his character. You know, interesting, you know, this last weekend, Lee and I had the pleasure of, uh, we did a, a, a marriage retreat for another church and uh, taught four sessions over between Friday and Sunday, including Sunday doing a, a, a Q&A. and a um, And I was reminded of, I had given my wife a, a nickname, and I, her nickname is Ishti, and it's spelled phonically in English as I-S-H-T-E. But in in the Hebrew language, it's actually spelled I-S-H-T-I. I just didn't like that rendering of it. So... I thought you know, I'm going to go with the hooked-on phonics English version of it and put it and I put it on her license plate, and it means in, in Hebrew means my woman. We we were in in Israel and, and I'd shared this story before. and We were in Bet Shean and we were walking through this Roman city and I was walking with the the uh, owner of the tour company that we were utilizing, and Lee had gone on about from here to the sound booth ahead of me. And uh, I wanted her to see something that Josephine, the owner, was telling me about. And so I, I yelled, I said, woman, like that. And that and was a pet name. I mean, she, you know, and she, she you know, she turns. And, and uh, then immediately Josephine says, she started laughing. And she said, uh, in Hebrew, that's, that's Isha. And she said, but, uh, but since she's your woman, what you should call her is Ishti. Because that means my woman. So I yelled it. I said, Ishti. And she turns around and she looks and she started walking and she and Josephine started laughing because she goes, hey, she goes, it works. She goes, she's coming, you know, like that. And so they came back. So I explained because she's like, what is that? And I go, ishti. And so she liked it. I liked it. So it just became a name. I was sharing with this, this, this couples, I said, you know, it's, it's something that's so beautiful about, because you think about, you know, not just marriage, but you think about parenting, you think about life and you think about children being born into this world that, and it's why people, especially in ministry struggle with having a day that honors just mothers, because, you know, dads will sit back on days like this. And I guarantee you, there's a guy in here. Okay. I am not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. Okay. But you're sitting here today, and we, we recognize moms, and you went like this in your little brain. And you're not going to be stupid enough to say it, you know, and you shouldn't, I hope. You're not going to go. You didn't go, you know what? It wasn't for me. She wouldn't be a mother. <laughs> you know who you are. More important, God knows who you are. But I would just keep that one to yourself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really flaunt that too much. And, and we'll get into as to why you probably shouldn't. But uh, I had shared with them from Genesis chapter two, verses 23 and 24. And it said, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, Isha. Okay, I want you to understand these words, Isha, because she was taken out of man, Ish. Man is called Ish, woman is called Isha. It says, therefore, a man, Ish, shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, Isha, and they shall become one flesh. So this creation story, I mean there's there's many, many profound things to say about what God's intention was for our lives. We can enhance, I could say, that the quality of our life by understanding it and looking kind of at these Hebrew words here today that used to describe uh, the first human, Adam, and then the creation of man and woman. And it might surprise us, you know, in the English language if you think about this, Adam is a neutral term. It just means human, okay? When, when God called Adam before the fall, Adam and Eve both came. It was Adam male, Adam female, because he was only talking about humans. That, that's what he was referring to there, not specifically a man. So in the original uh, Hebrew text, all the references, like I said, to Adam were neutral until. God takes some of Adam's flesh you tell he takes a rib, right? And he fashions it into woman, into Isha in the Hebrew language there. So it's only at this point that Adam, who's called Ish, a man in the Hebrew word, then in the for a woman, Isha, you know, again, it's so important that you get this. It, it hints of, of the word Isha of her origins from within the Ish, that Isha comes from ish. And we'll see that here in a second, biblically speaking. And, and we can, we can understand it from the English language. If you look at this, you know, we have the words man and woman, right? So one is a derivative of the other. But interestingly, Adam is never called ish, real important. He's never called ish until the isha has been separated from him. And, and, I, and as I was studying this, I kept, you know, I was thinking about that. You go, that's so interesting to me personally, not just because of the nickname that my wife has, it's really understanding how God created life to be. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, it's implying in the text here, and you got to follow me on this, that, that God made them male and female, right? And that male and female cannot define themselves fully as human without the other, that we need each other. And again, that's why I understand why so many pastors don't address Mother's Day or Father's Day, you know, specifically because we're connected, you know, to one another. So so the point, though, in recognizing moms today, you know, amongst us, it's that it's truly impossible. I mean, you take this to its fullest extent. It's impossible for any of us in here to define ourselves as fully human without recognizing our parents, amen? Does that make sense? We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. 1 Corinthians 11:12 puts it like this. He says, for as the woman came from man, even so man also comes through the woman. But here's the key, and this is why, then all of our attention at some point today should even move from moms to God himself, because as 1 Corinthians 11:12 comes to a conclusion, it says, but all things are from God. And I find myself, you know, I know this from a personal standpoint, um, I found myself this week is just you know, coming off of doing a, a marriage retreat knowing we're going into Mother's Day and thinking about my wife and her as the mother of my children and just being very appreciative of her. And not only did I want to tell her but more important, I wanted to tell God. And I remember laying in bed and, and just praying and praising God and just thanking God for my wife. Thanking God that he knew what I would have need of in this life and that he provided me the perfect fit for my life. Beyond anything that I would ever know and understand, God knew. And and so it wasn't I was then just thinking about things about my wife. I was actually, my thoughts began to think about the goodness of God. And, and that's how it should be. Today, as we recognize our mothers, uh, hopefully what you're finding is those godly characteristics that are in your mom. And if they weren't in your mom, that you would go, you know, thanking God for his grace and for his mercy. Thank God for the opportunity that you and I have to practice forgiveness in our life towards other people. There's no, there's no one that can't learn a lesson, you know, through Mother's Day today. My hope is that you were just blessed with a mom that, again, was so much like the Lord, like in my life that my mom made it so easy to know Jesus. Both my mom and my dad did. They're imperfect in, in so many ways as I am and my wife is but their love and their care, their nurturing. you know I mean, when I started reading about the God of the Bible, I'd go, oh, I got glimpses of him all throughout my life through my mom and through my dad. And may you and I be a glimpse of God to the people that we come in contact with by nurturing them and caring for them, seeing the softness, the tenderness of God. Every man owes his existence to his mother and every mother owes her existence to, the you know, uh, I want to say of of her of her child uh, to the child 's father you know the, the birthing process we see in scripture is really it 's an expression of of the Trinity, a triune relationship you know we might not understand all those things you know, we don't even realize the logic part of it there in verse 24, where it says that for this reason, when a man and woman marry, they become one. You know, Genesis 1, 24 says, therefore the man, remember, Ish shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, ishah, and they shall become one flesh. So in marriage, what are they doing? They're returning to God's first design. That, that's so important that we see that before the Ish and the isha. They're going back to the Adam relationship. And you think about, you know, this relationship and what it provides. It's the two coming together. You know, you can see here that ultimately they reflect, you know, the, the image of God. And I hope and pray even today, you know, as we celebrate mothers and Mother's Day, that for all the marriages that are, that are here, that they would reflect God. That there'd be a genuine appreciation in, in our homes for, for moms today that husbands and fathers would rise up and their children also, and they would bless. Their moms would be blessed today. And that the works of her hands would praise her, all the little things you know, that we take for granted so easily. You, you go to uh, Genesis chapter 3 and you see the, the fall of man, you know, and you can read through that for yourself. You remember you know, when God created the heavens and the earth and man and placed them in the garden, everything was perfect. Everything was functioning the way that God intended to be. There was no strife. There was no sin. There was no problem. And then all of a sudden, what happened? You know, here, the narrative, when you think about how sin entered the world is Adam and Eve were walking there in, through the garden and Eve gets into this conversation with the serpent. Eve takes the fruit and she bites of it. And Adam's with her the whole time. She takes it then and gives it to her husband. It doesn't say she had to go find her husband. You know, there, it, scripture tells us he was right there, that he was watching. What was he doing? Well, we don't really know. Scripture doesn't answer that. Unfortunately, women have caught a lot of grief over that. You know. But when God starts walking through the garden, this takes us back. Who did he call for? Did he call for Adam and Eve? Or did he call for Ish? And scripture says he called for Ish. He called for Adam. It was Adam, the Bible says, who, who sins. He blames God. He doesn't blame his wife. He puts it on, as Paul would write, all through the New Testament. He puts, you know, as sin entered into the world that did through one man. It didn't say Adam and Eve. It entered in through Adam not because of the sin of the woman. You know, and it's why, you know, you'll hear me say often from this pulpit, you know, we are broken people and we live in a broken world amongst other broken people. The fall brought brokenness into this world. God's desire is to redeem and restore and is to bring wholeness back in. It's why it's important to study the characteristics of God that we see in woman and in our female counterpart as God is using that primarily in marriage you know, I mean, you think about most, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists today would tell you, you know, the number one problem in America today is the disintegration of the family unit, that you can trace most of the issues that we're facing in this world back to the family unit, that kids are growing up in a world, they go, why are kids, you know, you know, going off the handle like they are? Why, why is there so much anger and why is there so much frustration? And you go, because it wasn't the way God intended it to be. There isn't the, the love and the care and the nurturing you know, that God intended to be there because the world is spinning out of control. Things are going faster and faster. All this technology that we were given you know, uh, to hopefully draw us closer together has done nothing to draw us closer together. Knowledge was never going to be the solution to man's problems. That was what, go, go back to the Garden of Eden. They chose to you know, eat of the knowledge, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They chose knowledge over life. But yet, in our knowledge, we're trying to find life each and every day. And life is only found in God. It's only found in him. And so, again, being reminded of that today, you know, on this Mother's Day, it's important, you know, that we understand. God's not our enemy. He's not against us. But yet, it's interesting, you know, as you study through Genesis chapter 3, you know, what did, what did God tell, you know, Eve? So he comes to, to her and he speaks to her first, right? And he says, because of this thing that you've done, you know, taking this fruit, listening to the serpent, being deceived, he said, because of your sin, here's the result. There's going to be pain in childbirth. And he begins to outline all the difficulties that will take place in the world for her. Now, and it's interesting to me, and I want you to think about this as, as, you know, not just as women, but as men that are here today. All the problems... When you look at that in Genesis chapter 3, all of the problems center around the home for a woman. They center around her family, her relationships. And yet you look at Adam, on the other hand, all of his struggles have to do with what? His work, things that are outside the home. His greatest stress isn't the things in the home, it's outside the home, which demonstrates, you know, and again, you psychologists have told us this for years. Women predominantly find their identity in their relationships. Men find their identity in what they do, in their work. Interesting, you know, as you, as you look through this. Adam's going to struggle. He's going to bring up both thorns and thistles, and it says to the woman, you're going to have pain in childbirth. And you think, oh, with the invention of the epidural, that fixed that, didn't it? And you go, well, you have to understand the Hebrew language. What do you think God meant when he said pain in childbirth? Do you think that God was only referring to for those few moments or hours for some, that you pushed and pushed and pushed until the baby came forth? Do you think that was what God was referring to? Or do you think he was referring to all the days that make up your and that child's life together? Is there pain in having children? Yeah. Does that pain ever go away? And you go, Yeah, when they move out, you go, No, it doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't go away. You go, there's a pain in having children. There's a think about, you know, in Mary's life, you know, this prophecy you know, that was made over her that there would be this 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 sword that would pierce through her own soul, having to watch the things that Jesus would go through. You know, remember she was considered to be, you know, a woman who had sexual intimacy out of wedlock, you know, with Joseph. It wouldn't be until Jesus was resurrected from the dead that her life was vindicated. Can you imagine having to live with something for 33 and a half years to finally be vindicated? You go, yeah, that was what she suffered through. There's pain. There's pain that comes with having children. The heartaches, the hurts, watching them struggle, watching them hurt, watching them go through trials and all the things they go through. Those are the pains that are associated. There's nothing easy about being a parent. There's nothing easy about being a woman who cares. You don't even have to have, it doesn't have to be a birth child. I mean, this is part of God created them male and female. God has placed within the female heart, a nurturing heart, a nurturing spirit. It's the way that God intended it to be. It's one of the the great blessings that we have all through life that you're finding, you know, we're seeing more and more men enter into, you know, uh, early childhood, you know, education. But for the most part, women have dominated, you know, that field. I'm glad that more men are going into it, creating that balance because of the lack of balance that's happening in the home. But usually it was in the early years, it was just an extension of the home that you'd go to school and, and there would be women in the classroom who would nurture you and care for you. You know, usually the male teachers there were, you know, administrators. They were the ones that, you know, did what? Paddled you and, you know, they were the ones that laid down the law. You couldn't wait to get back to your classroom, you know, and mind your teacher, you know, allow her to, to love on you. But it's interesting, you know, to me, as we look through this, and it's really in, intriguing, you know, as, I, as you study through the Genesis account here. You know, Adam, he calls his wife, In chapter three, in verse twenty, it says, "Then the man called his wife's name Eve." Eve wasn't named Eve until after the fall. There was a oneness that they enjoyed up until the fall, and then at the fall, they were separate. They became separate beings at that point. I mean, but you think about what he calls her here, and it's what's so amazing to me. He calls her Eve. The man called his his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of, it says, all living. Had they had any children yet? No. You ever think about that? Hadn't had a, hadn't had a child yet, but she, he calls her the mother of all the living. Then in chapter four and verse one, it says, then Adam knew his wife, and I'm not gonna go into that. If you don't know what he knew about her, then you'll just have to keep reading. It says, now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have begotten a man with the help of... Did she see it right? Does she go thanks, Adam. She says, with what? The help of the Lord. That, yeah, our children are a gift from God. It says, and again, she bore him a brother, Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain was a worker of the ground. But Adam calls the woman Eve because she's the mother of all things and she doesn't even have kids yet. So I think there's something deeper here that God is showing us that I think that we need to celebrate today that's deeper than just being a mother. It's the fact that it's being a woman, it's being female, and it's having these characteristics that we do see. And again, it's not to diminish... Mother's Day, we want to celebrate that, and we want, to, we want to you know honor moms that have given birth to kids, but I also want to honor every woman that's here that has that kind of heart, whether you have birthed a child through your own body, or you have adopted and taken somebody into your heart, or you serve in ministry in some capacity, or you just love people, and you care for your own family members, you care for your neighbors. I mean, you know, I saw a woman yesterday out in front of Vaughn's. There was a man, there was an elderly man leaning up against a light post. Well, it didn't look like anything was wrong with him, and I would be part next to him and I was going into, into Vaughn's, and, and when I came out there was another elderly woman there and she was, had her car up next to him and she was talking to him. I don't know, they could have been together and maybe he'd gone out you know, and, and was having some kind of issue but I was watching so you know, I asked her if everything was okay and she said she had it under control but I was watching as literally dozens and dozens of people went by and nobody even you know, seemed to make notice of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have another woman stop and then you had another woman stop. It was always women who stopped that they didn't know the, the gentleman at all, but it's that kind of heart. And I know not every woman has that kind of heart, but I can tell you this, the majority of women do. They have, they, it's designed by God. God has placed that within them. They're just looking and thank God for the gift of the church, that they have the opportunity to serve and to let those things out. You know, and you look at, uh, again, why is that so? You know, going back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. You know, what was God desirous to do? Is He wanted to display his imagery in this world, that we might better understand him. And one of the best ways that, you know, we can do that today is through motherhood. Is today is recognizing our moms and seeing the characteristics of God, that we serve a God who's tenderhearted, who's loving, who's very caring. And again, to, to know that God has a heart, you know, for us. And and the way that He demonstrates it. You think about this, He's made men and women different, right? I mean, this is getting more complex in our world, but think about this. God created men for the most part. Men are stronger than women. We're finding these issues out now because of uh, sexual identity issues and things where you're having men that are now competing in women's sports and they're breaking all their records. And all of a sudden they're going, well, that's not really a woman that's competing. That's a man that believes that he's a woman. And he's going in and he's literally breaking all of the records. And you go, That'll, that's going to happen. And you go, why? And you go, because God created men stronger than women, physically speaking. Now, is that true in every single case? No. You'll, you'll find, you know, some, some woman who, you know, is just, you know, stronger than her husband is, you know, or men period, but it's, it's one out of a million. It's not, it's not the norm when it comes to life. It's not the way that ultimately God had created it to be. I mean, you'll see somebody go, I I met a a woman. She can bench press 325 pounds. And you go, okay, you know, yes, there is an exception to the rule. But for the most part, you know, men are stronger than women because God designed it that way. And women are more tender than men. And God designed them that way. Praise God. And I say that because I grew up playing sports. And I remember, you know, playing sports, and after, you know, if you win, you get a hug. If you lose, you get a whole bunch of hugs. And and there's nothing like getting a hug from your mom when you lose. I didn't want to be hugged by some guy that, you know, had, you know, strong hands and, you know, I mean, you know, a six-pack. I mean, imagine you're being hugged by somebody that, you know, feels like a brick. There's nothing tender about that. I wanted something soft. You know, I wanted something that, you know, was cushiony, you know, something that took you in and you made you feel safe and secure, even as a child. There's nothing like a grandma's hug, amen. You know, you remember, and I remember this, there was a, remember that it was a comedian that told this story, and, but it's based in real life. In the 60s, how many remember there was no seatbelt laws, right? And children did what? They stood up in the front seat. That was, that was, it was awesome when you got to ride with your grandma or your grandpa mostly you felt safer with your grandma, though, for this reason. And he tells this story. He says, you know, I'm in the front seat of my grandma's car. He goes, we're going down the road. And he goes, I'm standing on the seat, and it's a, it's a bench seat. And he goes, I'm jumping up and down, and, you know, I'm having so much fun. He goes, no. then a car pulls out in front of grandma. And he goes, and grandma, you know, big steering wheel. And he goes, grandma goes like this. She throws her arm. And he goes, it, he goes, he goes I, I understood right then. It was the invention of the airbag. And he goes, because this arm was swinging towards me and this, this piece of flesh underneath it, it was out here and all of a sudden he goes, and I saw it in slow motion and it came and it wrapped around my face and put me back up against the, the seat. And he goes, you know, and I was safe. And he goes, it was that beautiful, whatever it was, it was just in the heap of a moment, it was just, but it saved my life. And he goes, and I love my grandma. You know, and you think about that tenderness, you know, that, that softness, you know, we can laugh about, you know, you know, having a hard body. You go, this is all stuff that you find, you live in the United States of America. You go, it's not the way that God created it to be. You know, men weren't supposed to feel like women and women weren't supposed to feel like men. It wasn't by God's design. That's not a, that's not a chauvinistic statement. That's not a a chauvinistic a thought or opinion. It's biblical when you read these things out. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing. And again, we want to celebrate it as much as possible in our culture today because I think we're losing it because there's an identity crisis in our world today. We need to go back and, and believe the Bible to be true, accept God at his word that he created the male and female. There are distinct differences between us, and we need to, again, never be ashamed that God made us the way that we are biologically, and not to mess with it, not to try to be something, you know, that we're not. You know, when God makes a woman, you know, anatomically as a comforter, you know, as a nurturer, she's softer for the most part, she's quieter, she's more gentle, all those things. You know, I remember, you know, when Lee and I had Bree, and... When our rule in our family, you know, was Lee had the kids, you know, all day long. This went, started with Bree, went with Brett, then Brandon. And when she went to bed at night, I had the children from the time she went to bed to the time she got up so she could sleep because she was going to have them all day long. You know, I could find a tree and get a nap, you know, at some point, but she, you know, couldn't leave our children unattended. And so, you know, we made this this agreement. It was good for us. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, in the middle of the night, I got up with one of our kids, and I've got a bottle, and I've heated it, and I'm, you know, I'm doing the mom thing, you know. I'm, you know, cuddling. I'm trying to get, you know, as close. I got that bottle right there, and I'm trying to sing, you know, a song, and all I'm getting is Wee, wee, you know, and I'm doing everything to not have to wake Lee up. And there was just times when it didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter what I sang, you know, uh, there was just tears. I mean, I, I understand the singing part, you know, that, that would make sense <laughs> to me, but I would have to go into our bedroom and I, and I had wake Leah, you know, and she'd be, you know, it's funny because she'd be reaching like, you know, speaking in tongues, you know, and, and I'm like, and I go, honey, I, I, I got to give you the baby. And so she, you know, and so she'd get with the baby and she'd stand up and she'd go like a, shh, 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 shh. and in about three minutes, kids asleep, you know, the husband's, Why? what is it? There's just something about the way God created men and women, not, not to fight over it, but to celebrate it and not to not be active involved and not to go, okay, we'll see every time then, you know, no, there was times when, hey, I won. I don't know why, you know, to, the, the baby wants dad at that point. You go, but generally speaking, there's something about a mother's love, a mother's care. And again, we want to celebrate that, that, you know, the Bible calls Eve the nurturer, before she had any children. It fascinates me when I think about that, you know, in scripture. It wasn't because she had children that she became a nurturer, it's because she was made by God. That's just the heart of a woman by nature. God has created her, it prepares her for motherhood. But again, it's just part of it. I mean you think of Proverbs thirty one and all the skills that, that are needed, you know, in the home. All the skills of a, a virtuous wife. I mean, God has gifted women, you know, with so many gifts. And we need to appreciate them. And not just moms today. And we do want to celebrate moms, but every woman. There's so many women. I look the life of our church that just, that serve. And they're not doing something specifically, you know, for children's ministry. They work in women's ministry. They work in our youth. They work in our office. They work in the cafe. They work on the grounds. They work in security. They do everything on this campus. There, there's nothing that, you know, God isn't using women to do. And we praise him for that. And we celebrate that today. Yes, we want to we put moms at the pinnacle of that celebration today. But we really do want to celebrate moms. We want to celebrate women. We want to just celebrate every woman that's in our midst today. And praise God for you. Thank God for you. And celebrate the fact that he is Desirous to demonstrate his character and his attributes through you, never and again. When we're in, and this is the unfortunately the world we live in, you know, is trying to marginalize, you know, uh, the Christian, you know, b- belief or the Christian woman who would live her life that way for the benefit of the sacrifice for other people, and don't let the world rob you of that. Because again, when we look at what's going on in the world today, and these are these are coming from secular sources as well as you know uh, Christian sources is that the greatest attack that we have in this country is the attack that's on the the home. Is to try to break up, you know, mom and dad, to try to break up, you know, that that beautiful balance of of husband and wife working together, where there's that strength in the husband, there's that tenderness in the mother, God working and and bringing that together that our children are nurtured and brought up in the things of God. Today's just a, a great day for us, like I said, is to celebrate you know that in our church family, and to know that uh, again we have every once in a while an opportunity to come together and, and to do just that to recognize the moms that are amongst us, and, and we do and we want to pray you know as we close today, pray for the moms that are here and for the women that are here that as you look at your life today you know, of all the things, and again, and we can do this you know for each and every one of us because it's it 's a godly characteristic, we just happen to see it. You know, exercised more through women than we do through men. Those godly characteristics of tenderness that God would make us all tender hearted. But especially, you know, as a, as a woman today, don't ever let the world rob you of that to make you think that, oh, you know, you need to become hardened like the rest of the world, that you need to become suspect, you know, of everything. It's like, no, that you would maintain. I mean, of all the qualities that we see in God, that we, we see highlighted through the lives of so many women today, one of the greatest characteristics or attributes is that of a nurturer. Are you a nurturer today? When you think about nurturing, you know, it's to bring along, is to come alongside. You know, it's not you know, living your life vicariously through the lives of other people, but it's coming alongside them. And, and again, as, the, as scripture says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. You know, it's to recognize that our children, you know, again, are gifts from God. They're not for us, you know, to keep them to ourselves, but again, is to, to shape them and mold them and point them back to God. And the best way to do that is to lead the way. And I know that's one of the things you're doing today just by virtue of the fact that you're here and you're in fellowship on, on a Mother's Day. You could be a lot of places, but praise God that you're here today. And may he honor you as you honor him in that. But may he make within us as the, as the bride of Christ. May each of us today, you know, male and female alike, may we learn these, you know, from the women that are in our lives, from the women that are in our church. Tenderness, nurturing, caring. And then have those discussions, you know, as we're asking the kids, hey, what do you love about your mom, you know? And when you think about those things that they really love and what do we love about the women that make up the life of our church, I think it always comes back to those things, that they're, they're gentle, that they're tender, that there's a quietness about them. It's not that they don't speak. There's a quietness about their spirit, their life. They're nurturers. They're always bringing things along. And those are great qualities that we want to celebrate today. And they're great qualities that we want to ask God, God, work those things in each of our lives, amen? If you're a mom here today, in any fashion, whether it's a birth mom, an adopted mom, or you're a caregiver to to children, we want to have you stand here uh, as we close in prayer. We want to pray specifically for you today. You're, You're a woman and you have had children yourself, you've adopted children, Uh, You are taking care of them, but you are a nurturer. You are a a provider uh, for babies. Uh, We want to celebrate you. And let's give them a round of applause, too. Let me thank you. (laughs) Let us pray for you today. You can sit. I know you don't want to stand. Dads like to stand for that. Women, can we please sit? Can we please sit? They stand all day. I just want to sit. Maybe that's why it says her husband or her children rise up. I just had an epiphany. Maybe that's why it says they'll, they'll rise up and bless them and say, Mom, you stay seated. You've been standing all day. But let's pray for the moms. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love. We thank you for, Lord, the privilege that we have to serve alongside so many women who love you, Lord, and, and not only have given birth to children, but some uh, wasn't even their own children. They just love and care and nurture Lord, provide for the children of our church, even, uh, Lord, those that aren't their own, but they have your heart. And, Lord, they reflect it so lovingly, so sacrificially. And, Lord, we pray a tremendous blessing over them today. We, We thank you for the moms that are here that are getting to enjoy the day with their children. And, Lord, we want to pray for those that are here today that they won't get to enjoy their mom today. And, Father, we pray your comfort would be over them today. And then for those that are amongst us today, that uh, Lord, maybe they're estranged from their mom. Their mom's alive, but they just don't have a relationship. We pray for healing today in those relationships, that God, you would, uh, Lord, do what you did back in the garden, that you would cause them to become one. Lord, only you can do that by your spirit. And Lord, for the women that are here today that don't have children, but desire to, and, uh, Lord, this is a hard day, but that, Lord, they came today. And, God, I thank you for them, and we thank you for them, and we pray that, Lord, if it be your will, that, Lord, you'd open their womb, that you'd give them that blessing of, of bearing children. But, Lord, even if uh, you didn't, Lord, that they would know that there's so many children, there's so many people in the world that exist today. it doesn't, You don't have to have your own child to be a nurturer, to be someone who sacrificially gives or cares or loves another person. But, Lord, thank you that uh, as you've given that kind of heart and those attributes to women, thank you for the ministry opportunities are before them today. And, Lord, just as men in this church, Lord, we just want to say thank you so much for every single woman here. We learn so much from them. Uh, Lord, their heart, their gentleness, their quietness, their meekness, God. We see you in them. And maybe we don't thank them enough. And so, Lord, we thank you for days like this. We thank you for for Mother's Days where we can stop and we can say thank you publicly. We can recognize them and then look for ways to to demonstrate and to show our love, whether it be passing out candy or giving out flowers after the service, uh, having breakfast over in the cafe and just being able to provide those things. May every woman here, Lord, feel loved today. May they know your love in a greater way. And we do. Thank you so much, Lord for your love for us and the way you demonstrate it through both men and women. We give you all the praise and the glory today as we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we all agreed saying amen.